بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد طيب إيماننا الله فيثنا الله we have mentioned that it consists of four things number one number one the wujud of Allah the existence of Allah number two Rububiyah, the Lordship of Allah. What does the Lordship of Allah consist of? So three things. Number one. Number one. Khalq, creating. He is the sole creator of everything besides him and nobody has any share with him in that regard. Number two. Sustaining. Maintaining, taking care of the universe. Number three. Number three. Ownership. He is the sole owner of this, uh, of everything that exists besides him. So those are the three aspects of rububiyah, of lordship. Number three, in terms of iman in Allah, faith in Allah. So number one, in his existence. Number two, in his lordship. Number three, in his right of worship. The fact that you believe that he is a sole creator, sustainer, maintainer, owner of this entire existence, that now demands from you that you submit to him in worship, that you worship none except him. Number four. Number four. Asma wa sifat, his names and his attributes. Iman in his names and his attributes. We mentioned certain principles concerning that. Who remembers them? Ahsant. So everything that has been mentioned in the book of Allah and in the sunnah of his messenger... Concerning his names and attributes, we affirm them. If Allah says in the Quran, he is the all-hearing, we affirm that. If the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, he says that Allah is ar-Rahman, the, the ever-merciful, we affirm that. And likewise, anything that has been mentioned in the Quran and in the Sunnah of negation, whereby Allah negates an attribute, he negates an action, the Messenger negates an attribute of him. Negates an action of his. Then we negate that as well. For example, doesn't sleep. La ta'khuduhu sinatun wala nawm. Neither slumber nor sleep overtakes him, overcomes him, overwhelms him. So we negate that from Allah as well. So we believe in these names and attributes that Allah has mentioned in the book or mentioned upon the tongue of his messenger. Without doing what? Number f uh, four things. Number one, even before distorting, denying them, denying the meanings of those, uh, of those uh, names and those attributes. Allah, He says He has a face, deny that. Allah says He is the ever merciful, deny the meaning of that. Deny that He is the ever merciful. Number two, anybody besides the Regulars today. 
So anybody besides you two, Abu Harith, Akh Suleiman, Ibrahim. Tayyib, he's mentioned four. Without ta'atil, without denying them, we've done that. Number two, without tahrif. What's tahrif? Distorting the meanings, giving them allegorical meanings. Allah, he says in the Quran, he rose above his arsh, he rose above his throne, but what he actually meant by that was conquering the throne. We don't do that. We say Allah, he rose above the throne in a manner that befits his majesty. Allah, he says he has a face, but what he actually means, the distorter will say, what he actually means is his glory. No, we don't say that. We say Allah, he has a face, a face that is his sifah, thatiyah, a physical attribute of him. And we don't give it an allegorical meaning. He has a face and how the face is, that is how, يعني, befits his ma- how it is, يعني, how it befits his majesty. Number three. Before that. Tashbih, tamthil. Ah. Likening him to the creation. We affirm the attributes of Allah, but we don't liken them to the creation. We don't say Allah, وعلا, he has a hand, and his hand is like our hand. Allah has a face. And his face is like our face. Allah Jalla wa ala, he speaks, he has the attributes of speech and his speech is like our speech. We don't do that. We affirm them and we say Allah has them in a manner that befits his majesty. Number four. Takif. We don't ask about how the attributes are. We don't try to investigate the nature, the modality of those particular attributes. It's not possible for you to do so. Why? Because Allah Jalla wa Ala Laysa Kamithlihi Shaykh. There is nothing like him. So whenever you try to assume and investigate the nature of the attributes of Allah, how did he rise above the Arsh? How is Allah the all seeing? How is he the all hearing? Whenever you try to investigate the modality and the nature of his attribute, you're going to end up likening him to the creation. Concerning this, we mention a statement of Imam Malik. Who remembers it? Anybody? Just the meaning of it. Imam Malik, when did he say this? Rose above the arsh. So a man came to Imam Malik and he said, كيف الاستواء? How is الاستواء? How did Allah rise above the arsh? Before that. Before that, yes. He said, الاستواء معلوم. الاستواء معلوم يعني the meaning of استواء is known. والكيف مجهول. The howness of how he rose above his arsh, that is majhul, that's unknown. Well, imanu bihi wajib. Having iman in that, it is an obligation. Wassuala anhu bid'a. Aywa. Wassuala anhu bid'a. Asking about it, questioning about it is an innovation. And then he ordered for him to be kicked out of the masjid. 
ordered for him to be. He said to him, "Ma raka illa mubtadi'an." I don't see you to be anything other than a mubtadi', an innovator. And then he ordered him to be exited out of the masjid. Tayyib. So these are the principles related to al-imam bil asma'i al-sifat, and that is. As far as our brief discussion concerning Al-Iman Billahi Ta'ala is concerned. Next we move on to the second pillar of Iman. Al-Iman Bil Malaika. Al-Iman Bi Annahum Khalkun Min Khalkillah Khuliku Min Nur. Iman in the angels. The second pillar is Iman in the angels. And that is to believe that they are a creation from the creation of Allah. That Allah made from Nur, from light. As the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said in the hadith recorded by Imam Muslim, min nur. The angels were made out of nur, out of light. min marijin min nar. That the jinn were made out of smokeless fire. Adam mimma wusifa lakum. And Adam, the first man ever created, he was made from that which you know, that which has been described to you, meaning out of clay. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, he mentions that the angels, they are possessors of wings, they have wings. And then he mentions concerning the angel Jibreel, and Gabriel, that he possessed how many wings? He possesses how many wings? The Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, after he received revelation from him, he saw that, he saw Jibreel, and he saw that he had a number of wings. How many wings did he have? 600 wings. And likewise, that we believe that the angels, that they are great in number, many in number. And an indication of how great they are in number is indicated in that narration of the Messenger والسلام, recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. That in Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, which is in paradise, there, every single day, 70,000 angels enter, and then they, once they leave, they never ever return. Every single day, 70,000 angels enter into Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, worshipping Allah, and then they exit it, and then those very same 70,000 angels never return back. Meaning, the next day a new 70,000 angels come. Worshipping Allah Jalla wa'ala. They exit it, then the next day a new set of 70,000 angels come. And that happens on every single day. Indicating the great number of the angels that Allah Jalla wa'ala has created. Likewise, another narration that the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam mentioned, recorded by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, يُؤْتَى بِجَهَنَّمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَهَا سَبْعُونَ أَلْفْ زِمَامٍ مَعَ كُلِّ زِمَامٍ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفْ مَلَكِ يَجُرُّونَهَا That on the day of judgment, on that day, the hellfire, it shall be brought, and it shall have 70,000 ropes, each rope being dragged by 70,000 angels. 70,000 ropes. Each rope being dragged by
by 70,000 angels. Each individual rope being dragged by 70,000 angels. Then Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he mentions the fact that the malaika, the angels, they have different jobs, different duties. Some of them they are entrusted with the rain. Some of them they are entrusted with death, taking the soul of the person when he dies. Some of them they are entrusted with the arham. Yani when the fetus, life when it comes into it, inside the womb of its mother, and then the angel, he writes down, he is commanded to write down four matters, which, which shall be mentioned in the fourth hadith of Imam An-Nawi's Arba'een. But in brief, Writing down his age, Writing down his lifespan, Writing down his sustenance, the sustenance that that soul is going to receive once it comes into this life. The writing down of his actions and the writing down of whether he will be happy or wretched, meaning whether he's going to enter into paradise after he dies or the fire of hell. There are angels likewise that are entrusted with custodianship of paradise, custodianship of the fire of hell. And other matters that are besides that. And all of these angels, they are mustaslimuna, munqaduna li amrillah. All of these angels, they are submissive to the command, to the orders of Allah. They comply with the orders of Allah. They don't flinch at all. When Allah commands them to do a matter, their nature is such that they can only obey that command, only execute that order. Now from the angels are those angels that have been mentioned to us and then there are those angels that haven't been mentioned. So we have to have a general faith, a general form of faith in every single angel that Allah has created. We believe in all of the angels that have been created by Allah Whether they have been named to us or whether they have not been named, they are, we are unaware of them regardless of whether or not an angel has been mentioned, an angel's name has been mentioned, an angel's tasks and duties have been mentioned or not, we have Iman in all of them. Among those angels that have been mentioned is Jibreel. What is the task of Jibreel? Gabriel. Ah. To bring down the revelation. Among the angels that have been mentioned is Mikael. What is the task of the angel Mikael? The rain and the, the vegetation and the crops of the earth. Another, another angel that's been mentioned is Israfil. What is he entrusted with? Uh, to blow the horn on the day of judgment, the day of standing, the day of resurrection. What do these three angels have in common? Jibreel, Mikael, and Israfil. Mm. Sorry? With life. It's connected to life. Jibreel brings down revelation by the command of Allah. That revelation gives life to our hearts. Israfil, uh, uh, Mikael, he's been commanded with the rain and the, and the crops. That gives life to us, to our bodies. 
in this life, in this world. Israfil, he's been commanded with blowing in the horn when the day of or blow, blowing in the horn as a precursor to the day of standing. Two, two blowings shall occur. One blowing by which everyone that is upon the earth shall shall become dead. The second blowing that everyone that is dead in the ground shall shall be resurrected, shall be given life again. So all of these three angels, they are, what is common between them is life. One, he comes down with revelation. Revelation which gives life to the heart. Number two, another angel. He, he brings down the rain. Vegetation grows. This gives life to our bodies. And third matter, the angel shall blow into the trump, into the horn, by way of which at the second blowing, life shall be brought back into the dead bodies in the ground. Tayyib, the third uh, pillar of Iman, is Iman in the Qutb, Iman in the books. Sorry, were you going to give me that? I'll give you the next question. Tayyib, the next one is Iman in the books. To believe in them. That Allah Jalla wa ala, He revealed books to other prophets that came before us, other messengers that came before us. And that those books, they were from the speech of Allah Jalla wa ala, uncreated. And that those books that He revealed, among them, among them are those books that have been mentioned to us, and among them are books that haven't been mentioned. So we have an, an Iman Ijmali, a general Iman that Allah has revealed books throughout time. And then we have a specific faith concerning the specific books. That we specifically have Iman in a book known as the Torah, the Torah. Why? Because Allah has mentioned specifically this book in the Quran. We have specific Iman. In the Zabur, in the Psalms of Dawood, the Psalms of David. Why? Because specific mention of it has occurred in the Quran. We have specific Iman in the Injil, in the Gospel of Isa, in the Gospel of Jesus, alayhi salam. Why? Because specific mention of it has been made in the Quran, in the Sunnah. Likewise, we have specific Iman in the Suhf of Ibrahim and the Suhf of Musa, scrolls of Ibrahim, scrolls of Abraham, scrolls of Musa, scrolls of Moses, specific Iman in them. Does that now mean that anything that is claimed to be a book of Musa, a book of Moses, a book of Isa, a book of Jesus, that we have Iman in it? Does that now mean that somebody brings a book and says, you know what, this here is the Torah, this is the Torah. Are we now meant to have Iman, faith in every single thing that is in there? No. Why? Because those scriptures underwent corruption, deletion. Addition, something that has been attested to by scholars that are not Muslim themselves, certain, uh, not Muslim themselves. Christian scholars, you'll find, they'll attest to the fact 
that in this collection that we have called the Bible are books that are changed or books that are have been tampered with not just that when we say we believe in the Quran and we have that copy up there I believe what does that say does that say the the noble Quran at the top or that one there that green one there that green one there that says the noble Quran if you have that book there, if it's, the, if it's the one that just has a translation, do we say that is the Qur'an? No, why? Because it's not, it's not in Arabic. The Qur'an is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He spoke. He didn't speak it in English. So what we have in English is an interpretation of the meanings of the Qur'an in the, in the English language. What we have in the Urdu language, the Bengali language, the Gujarati language, the, whatever, the Slovakian language, Hungarian language, whatever language it may be, you don't, you don't say that is the Qur'an. That is a translation of the meanings of the Qur'an. But we have the Qur'an still intact in its original language, unchanged. So, with that being the case, if somebody brings me a, uh, 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 you know, uh, a um, revised standard edition of the Bible. It brings me a William Tyndale translation of the Bible. I can't say that these words here are the words of Allah at all. No way can I say that. Before we even delve into is it authentically, are we able to authentically trace it to Isa or not? Before we even go into that domain, I can't say that these are the words of Allah because it's in English. Not just that, but they're a translation of a translation. Because they have been taken from what? Greek and Latin. And Isa alayhi salam, Jesus the son of Mary, never spoke Greek, never spoke Latin. He spoke Aramaic. So therefore what we have here is a translation of a translation at the very least. Translation of a translation as far as the words of Isa are concerned. However, if someone claims that this is, these are the words of Isa, then we do not disbelieve in them and we don't believe in them. Unless there is something in the Quran that is affirming it or rejecting it. So for example, if we come across a, an ayah, we come across a verse, within the Old Testament that speaks about the foretelling of a prophet coming, the foretelling of a prophet emerging, a prophet emerging from the region near the Mount Silla, which is where Medina is. Mount Silla is literally, you know, walking distance from the Islamic University in Medina. If you, if you, we would, yeah, sometimes we would walk out the university, walk down, and Mount Silla is just there on the right. Yani, it's near. If any of you have gone to Medina and you've gone to get a thobe made, you've gone to Shari Sultana, Sultana Street, it's there on the left, okay? In, a, in an area called Sih, which where, where you have a lot of students, 
that are married, they have house, they, they, they rent houses in that, in that area. But the point being, it's there, it's in Medina. You go on Google, Mount Sila is there. In the Old Testament, there, is, there are verses that say a prophet is going to emerge from the progeny of Qidar, who was, who was a son of Ismail, and that this prophet is going to come, he's going to be in the region of where the Mount Sila is, yani Medina. So these type of verses, we can say, perhaps these verses are in origin traced back to actual verses, actual statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he revealed in the Torah. Likewise, in the New Testament, Hear, O Israel, your Lord thy God is one God, you should have no other gods besides him who say yes. Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus the son of Mary, he said this, we believe in it, we accept it, we affirm it. Why? Because the Quran, it affirms that. So that is our criteria. Because we have these books that have been changed, because we have these books that have been tampered with, based upon a wisdom from Allah, based upon a, 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 a great far-reaching wisdom from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, books were changed, books were tampered with, based upon a wisdom from Him. Books were tampered with, and as a result of that, Allah would send another prophet, reaffirming, reaffirming that, the, the original content of that book. A prophet would be sent, people would disbelieve in him, some would believe in him, and then after that, the prophet would die. People would change his religion, change that, that, which, was, that which was in the original scripture. Then Allah would send another prophet, correcting that which those people had twisted. Up until Allah sent the last prophet, and he, and he revealed to him the last book. But what do you notice between the Qur'an and the other scriptures? What's the difference between them? The Qur'an hasn't been changed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he took that as a responsibility himself. He said, Inna nahnu nazzalna dhikr. Indeed, we are the ones that have revealed a dhikr, the reminder, yani the Qur'an. وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ And indeed, we are the ones that shall protect it. We are the ones that shall safeguard it. We are the ones that shall protect them and preserve it. Preserve it from what? Preserve it from being changed. And that is why, after 1,400 years, nothing has been changed from the Qur'an. Still intact. In its original language. Still intact. Not a chapter has been changed. Not a verse. Not even a word. Not even a letter. Not even a vowel sound. The at, the e, the oot sound has not even been changed. Not even that. But the Quran, it was revealed in different dialects. In different dialects. Each of those dialects being preserved up until today. Alif, Lam, Mim, Ra. Alif, Lam, Mim, Ra. That subtle difference in pronunciation. Alif, Lam, Mim, Ra. With tafkhim, with heavy mouth. Alif, Lam, Mim, Ra. Tarqiq, light mouth. Both of those have been preserved. One, uh, one ayah, one ayah, one set of letters. How they are pronounced. How they are uttered, how they are recited, different ways of reciting it. All of those ways have been preserved. For a book to retain such degree 
of absolute accuracy for a period of over 1,400 years, that itself is a divine miracle. That itself, it shows that it, it, has, it has come from the divine. It has come from the creator. And that it, that it, has, been, that it, that it has remained unchanged for that period of time. So point being, we have Iman in the books in general. We have Iman in all of the books that Allah has sent. Whether he has mentioned the names of those particular books, or whether he hasn't mentioned the name of those particular books. We have Iman in them. And likewise, we have specific Iman concerning those specific books that he's mentioned. The Suhaf of Ibrahim and Musa has been mentioned twice in the Quran. Zabur, the Zabur of Dawood, alayhi salatu wasalam, the Psalms of David, they have also been mentioned twice in the Quran. Likewise, we have Iman in the Torah and the Injil, the Torah, yani the Torah, the Injil, yani the Gospel. When we say the Gospel, that isn't in reference to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. No. We, be, we mean that an actual gospel, when we say gospel, we mean a book. An actual book that Isa salam, Jesus, the son of Mary, received. When we say gospel, we, we don't mean by way of that the mission of Isa, the teachings of Isa. We actually mean the words of Allah. The words of Allah that he revealed to Isa, revealed to Jesus, an actual an actual scripture that he received we don't mean by the term gospel his mission his teachings no we mean an actual scripture and therefore when we say we have iman we have faith in the gospel we're not referring to the gospels of mark matthew luke and john there may be remnants within the gospels of mark matthew luke and john that can be traced back to the original scripture that isa salam received for that reason, the Christian, you find some of the Christian scholars, they'll say that Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, these, uh, these Gospels here, they perhaps took their information from a single document that they call the Q document. For that reason, you'll find some of the uh, honest, uh, honest Christians saying that the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, even though those authors are unknown, if you open up Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica, Mark, unknown. Uh, maybe he was a Jew that lived in the time of Jesus, but there's no facts for this. John, unknown. Luke, unknown. And so on and so forth. But the point is, is that it isn't when we say we as Muslims, we have Iman in the Gospel of Jesus, it isn't in reference to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke and John. It's in reference to an actual scripture that Isa alayhi salam, he had. And likewise, we believe in the Torah, and Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abbad, he mentions here that, um, uh, that the Torah has been mentioned greatly within the Qur'an. Yani the Torah, out of all the books, has been mentioned greatly within the Qur'an. And likewise, the Prophet Musa salam, has been mentioned uh, greatly within the Qur'an. Does anybody know why? What's the hikmah behind that? Without going off on too much of a tangent, because as I said, I want to complete these six pillars of Iman today. <clears throat> no, but why is the Torah being mentioned greatly within the Quran? Ahsan barakallahu feek. 
because there were, <coughs> there were a great amount of Jews that lived in and around Medina. So as a, because of that, a lot of mentioning of Musa salam and the Torah has been mentioned. The Torah from the names of it, the names of the Torah that have been mentioned in the Quran is number one, a Torah. Number one, number two, Al-Kitab, which means the book. Number uh, uh, three, Al-Furqan, which means the criterion. Number four, Abbiya, which means the light. And number five, Al-Dhikr, which means uh, the reminder. وَمِمَّا يَمْتَازُ بِهِ الْقُرَانَ عَلَىٰ غَيْرِهِ مِنْ الْكُتَبِ السَّابِقَةِ كَوْنُهُ الْمُعْجِزَ الْخَالِدَةِ وَتَكَفَّلُ اللَّهُ بِحِفْظِهِ وَسَلَامَتُهُ مِنْ التَّحْرِيفِ وَنُزُولُهُ مُنَجَّمًا مُفَرَّقًا So again, like we mentioned before, from the things that make the Qur'an different and distinguished from all previous scriptures is the fact that it is an eternal miracle. It's an everlasting miracle. It's remained up until today and it shall remain up until the end. And likewise, the fact that the Qur'an, it was revealed not in one go, but rather it was revealed in stages, separately. An occurrence would occur, an occurrence would occur, an event would, would occur, and then the Qur'an verses would be revealed specific to that particular occurrence. Is that understood? Tayyib. Next, Al-Iman bil Rusul. Iman in the, in the messengers. <clears throat> and that is basically that uh, Allah Jalla wa Ala, Allah the Most High, He has selected from amongst human beings messengers and prophets that guide people to the truth and take them out of darkness into the light and that the jinn and, and, and that these uh, prophets and messengers are taken from the human race not the jinn race two species that are obligated to believe in Islam and follow Islam human race and jinn race jinn yani the other spirits that we can't see but they have a conscious of right and wrong just like we do they have the ability to choose between right and wrong, just like we do. So the humankind, it is from them, the male members of humankind, that Allah selects prophets and messengers, not from the jinn. From the jinn, there are nuzr. From the jinn, there are not messengers, there are not rusul, but rather among the jinn is nuzr, warners, those that warn, those that warn others concerning this message. Alert others concerning this message. Inform others concerning this message, this message of Islam. And concerning this, uh, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he quotes the ayah from Surah Al-Jinn, وَإِذْ صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفْرًا مِّنَ الْجِنِّ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الْقُرْآنِ فَلَمَّا حَضَرُوهُ قَالُوا أَنصِتُوا فَلَمَّا قُذِيَ وَلَّوْا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِمْ مُنْذِرِينَ The Messenger والسلام, he recited the Quran on an occasion. The jinn came, they listened, and then... Uh, 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 they, uh, they went back to their people after they had heard the recitation and they went, went back to their people Mundirin. they went back to their people among the jinn Mundirin, as warners قَالُوا يَا قَوْمَنَا إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا كِتَابًا أُنزِلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مُوسَى مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْحَقِّ so they said, Oh, our people, the jinn that heard the Quran, the recitation of the Quran from the Messenger, والسلام, when they went back to the rest of the jinn, 
They said, O oh, our people, indeed we have heard a book that was revealed after Musa, after Moses, confirming that which, is, uh, that which came after him, guiding towards the truth and towards a straight path. So here we see that the jinn, there aren't messages, messengers among them, among them, but rather among them are mundireen, warners. And likewise, we find that these, uh, that these jinn, they didn't mention, they didn't mention that any book was revealed to them. They did not mention any messenger being uh, sent to them. They said, Unzila min ba'di Musa. Yani a, 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 a revelation has come that has been revealed after Musa. Musa was a human or a jinn? Musa salam, he was a human. So they have made a mention of Musa. They haven't made a mention of anyone else or anything else, any other prophet. They made a mention of Musa, who was a human being, meaning, we res do you remember, before, we res there was a prophet, there was a messenger called Musa, he was a human, meaning they didn't receive any other messenger, besides a messenger from the humans. And likewise, they mentioned the Torah, again, a book that was revealed to Musa, alayhi salatu wasalam. Another significant point, that they mentioned the Torah, and they didn't mention the Injil. The jinn here, in this particular uh, occurrence, mentioned the Torah, they didn't mention the Gospel. They mentioned the Torah which was revealed to Musa, but they didn't mention the Gospel that was revealed to Isa. Why? Because the uh, Injil was revealed to the children of Israel, who were followers of Moses. Something else as well. Something else, and وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ كَثِيرًا Sheikh Abdul Muhsin he mentions وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْأَحْكَامِ الَّتِي فِي الْإِنْجِيلِ قَدْ جَاءَتْ فِي التَّوْرَاتِ Because uh, most of those ahkam, those rulings, those rulings, the laws that are within the Injil had already come in the, in the Torah, in the Torah. And then he mentions a statement of Ibn Kathir, Ibn Kathir, one of the famous commentators of the Quran. Ibn Kathir, he says, وَلَمْ يَذْكُرُوا عِيسَى لِأَنَّ عِيسَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ أُنزِلَ عَلَيْهِ الْإِنْجِيلِ فِيهِ مَوَاعِظِ وَتَرْقِيقَاتِ وَقَلِيلٌ مِنَ التَّحْلِيلِ وَالتَّحْرِيمِ So, Isa alayhi salam, his, his name wasn't mentioned by the jinn. And, and, yeah, as an extension to that, the Torah, uh, the, the Injil wasn't mentioned by the jinn. Why? Because Isa alayhi salam, he received the Injil, he received the gospel, in which there are mawa'id, admonishments, tarqiqat, heart softeners, heart, uh, heart softening uh, uh, verses and matters. وَقَلِيلٌ مِنَ التَّحْلِيلِ وَالتَّحْرِيمِ And only a few laws concerning what is allowed and what's not allowed. So there was only a few legislations within that, but most of it was heart-softening reminders, admonishments, and so on and so forth. Uh, so then Sheikh, uh, and then uh, Ibn Kathir, he says, وَهُوَ فِي الْحَقِيقَةِ وَهُوَ فِي الْحَقِيقَةِ كَالْمُتَمِّمْ لِشَرِيعَةِ التَّورَاتِ فَالْعُمْدَةُ هُوَ التَّورَاتِ So therefore, the Injil, the Gospel, 
of Isa alayhi salam is more of a completion to the Torah. It's more of a completion to the Torah. But the umda, the, the main part is the Torah. The main part is the Torah. Tayyib. So that is as far as the prophets and the messengers are concerned. Uh. Uh, Surah Jinn, which uh, the, uh, from the beginning of Surah Jinn, uh, from ayah number one to ayah number 30. Well, specifically, what I mentioned was from ayah 29 to ayah 30. Ayah 29 to ayah 30. طيب. Five minutes left, Tikhan. كيف؟ صدق انا اخي ايه الجن صح؟ اه سوره الاحقاف اه عفوا سوره الاحقاف سوره الاحقاف جزاك الله خير ايه 29 تا ايه 30 طيب 5 minutes ها the next bit, we'll summarize it. And that is essentially um, the fact that the messengers are those that receive revelation. That they receive a legislation. Okay, so basically now the discussion is what's the difference between a prophet and a messenger? The discussion between what's the difference between a prophet and a messenger is lengthy and uh, there's different aqwal from the ulama concerning this but that which is the most uh, yani strongest opinion and the most strongest explanation is that the messengers are those that receive revelation receive a legislation okay, and the prophets are those that don't essentially receive a new revelation a new uh, uh, legislation but rather, they are commanded to preach the legislation that came before them. However, there is another additional factor that needs to be mentioned that gives a more accurate uh, distinction between the two. And that is that messengers were sent to a people. Before that, let's go into a prophet. Prophets are sent to a people that are going to agree with them. Prophets are sent to a people that are going to agree with them. A prophet is sent to Bani Israel. There are believers amongst Bani Israel. He is sent to them to teach them, to rectify them. People that are yuafiqunahum, going to agree with him. Messengers, however, or by messengers, therefore, are sent to a people that are going to disbelieve in them, reject them, be enemies to them. Okay, so that is, and this is something that has been mentioned by Shaykh Rasam ibn Taymiyyah, that messengers are those that are receive legislation, receive revelation, and they are commanded to preach to a people that inevitably there's going to be people that are going to disbelieve in you, reject you. You're going to have enemies. Prophets, however, they receive revelation, Allah reveals to them. Information. That's why they are called Nabiyun. Why? Because and Ba'ahum, he has 
inform them. So they receive information in the way of revelation, but they are commanded to preach that to a people that are yuafiqunahum, that are going to agree with them. Ah. Prophet who? Lord, he's, he's, all these prophets are considered messengers. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So every messenger is a prophet, not every prophet is a messenger. That's what you're saying, yeah? yeah. Um, another point to mention is that uh, it, it, it could be the case that a messenger, a messenger, doesn't receive a new legislation. So the primary farq, the primary difference between the two is what? Between the prophet and the messenger is what? No, 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 no. Yeah, I need the people that he's preaching to. Okay? That's a primary difference. Yeah, oppose or accept, basically. Okay? You're going to have people that are going to be believers. They're going to accept you. That's who you've been sent to. And then you have a messenger. He's only been sent to a people. He's been sent to a people. And it's inevitable that he's going to have people that are going to reject him and be enemies to him. Now, a messenger, the one that has been commanded to preach to a disbelieving people... It could be the case that he, likewise, just like, just like a prophet, he, he, he carries on a legislation of a prophet that came before him, like Yusuf a.s. Like Yusuf a.s. That's the point that Allah I believe Shaykh Saleh Al Fawzan highlights. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا Isha, is that seven, uh, 8.30 or? Okay. <coughs> um, so yes, that's the main difference between the Prophet and the Messenger. Um, and, and we mentioned in addition to that, so in addition to the fact that the Messenger is someone that is sent primarily to a people that are going, to, or yeah, that, that are disbelievers, and the Prophet is sent to a believing people, people that are going to agree with him. Yeah, that there is that, some of the ulama they mention it's not it's either a you can either say it's a definition that is just deficient meaning there is something more that needs to be added to that definition 
in order for it to be absolutely definitive, or it's an in- incorrect definition. You know, because Sheikh Sheikh Rabi' Taala, he says about this. He, he criticized this definition, and he said that um, he said that Sheikh Albani said, "How is it possible for the prophets?" The, the, the definition that the brother mentioned was a definition that is sha'i'. It's uh, widespread, which is that the pro- the messengers are those that receive revelation and are commanded to preach it. And the prophets are those that receive revelation, but they are not commanded to preach it. So uh, some of the scholars, they criticize this definition and they say it's deficient. Why? Because how can it be the case that a prophet doesn't preach? Sheikh Albani, he, got, he says, is The old, even, you know, old women, even they give da'wah, right? So how can it be the case that prophets don't give da'wah? So therefore, that definition, you know, and if we say that uh, at the very least, it's deficient in term, it's incomplete, it's, in, it's incomplete. Prophets are those, messengers are those that receive revelation, and they are commanded to preach it, meaning commanding, commanded to preach it to a disbelieving people. Prophets are those that receive revelation, but they are not commanded to preach it, meaning they're not commanded to preach it to a disbelieving people. Okay? Um, some of the points that it's very important for us to mention before we conclude. Uh, yes, and that is that, yeah. So generally we have Iman in the Prophets and the Messengers, those that have been mentioned to us. Okay, and uh, sorry, we have general Iman in the Prophets and Messengers, those that have been mentioned and those that have not been mentioned. Okay, thousands of Prophets that Allah sent. Hundreds of messengers that he sent, we only know 25 of them have he mentioned to us. 25 of them have he mentioned to us. We have Iman specifically concerning those 25 prophets and messengers. As far as the others are concerned that haven't been mentioned, we have general Iman. But we don't say, oh, as people come up to us and say, oh, it was, do you believe Buddha was a prophet? Buddha is a prophet of Allah. So, well, I mean, if, if you mean the one that called to worship of uh, idols and what have you, then no, obviously not. Was there somebody called Buddha that, that Allah sent as a prophet? This is beyond my knowledge. I'm not going to speak about these matters because Allah hasn't informed us in the Quran. We have a general iman, a general faith that Allah did send prophets and messengers to various different nations, speaking their languages to establish the proof upon them. But that's just a general iman. A general form of faith. Specifically concerning the 25 prophets that have been mentioned uh, to us. In Surah Al-An'am, وَتِلْكَ حُجَّتُنَا آتَيْنَاهَا Ibrahim, And this is our hujjah, this is our evidence, our proof that we gave to Ibrahim. And then in the following ayat, Allah, He mentions a number uh, uh, of prophets, um, 18 of them, 18 of the of the, of the uh, messengers and then there are seven others that have been mentioned in other sources Adam, Idris, Hud, Salih, Shu'aib, Dhul Kifal and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam okay these are prophets and messengers not every one of them is a prophet which one of them is not a prophet uh, which one of them sorry is not a messenger Adam alayhi salam right if we understand if, if we if if I've explained it properly, which I hope I have, 
then we'll understand the definition of a prophet. Okay? He is someone that is only preaching and teaching to a believing people. Okay? So with that being the case, Adam is the prophet. Yeah, yeah Rasul means so a Rasul means messenger. And and Nabi, but the, but then we're talking about defining what is a messenger and defining what is a prophet. That's the actual discussion. So Ar-Rasul, I'm sure everybody knows it's, it's translated as a messenger. And Al-Nabi is translated as a prophet, but we're talking about what's the definition of a messenger. Right? Has anybody got any questions concerning this? Huh? Uh, Allahu A'lam. Allahu A'lam. Don't know. Allahu A'lam. Allahu A'lam. Rubbama prophet. Perhaps a prophet. If it was a case that he was preaching to a people, that were disbelievers, then he would enter into being a, he would enter into the definition of a messenger. But Adam alayhi salam, Adam, Idris, we can say for definite that they were not messengers, they were prophets. Why? If you, answer, if you can give me the correct answer, then I can be at peace that the brothers have understood it. Okay, anybody besides the regulars. Right? Why is it that Adam alayhi salam, sorry, why is it the case that Adam alayhi salam, is not a, he doesn't enter into the definition of a messenger. He is a prophet. Why? I want to see more hands. Tafadali Ibrahim. Hasn't. Because Adam alayhi salam, there weren't any disbelievers. There weren't any rejecters. There weren't any enemies for him to preach to. His children, his grandchildren. Okay? And therefore, he's considered a prophet. And then there's an ayah in the Quran. So who's the first messenger? Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. What's the proof of that? No, what's the proof that Nuh alayhi salam is the first messenger? Okay, now I'm spoiled for choice. I, I have to give it to Yasser because he lifted his hand first. Now what's the proof that he's the first messenger in terms of chronological order? Why is Nuh alayhi salam the first messenger? Uh, people opposed him but the question something else. Hey, hey. What's the ayah? Kathabat qawmunuhinil mursaleen. Okay, this ayah means, what does ayah mean? The people of Noah denied and disbelieved the messengers. Huh? But before Nuh salam, there weren't any messengers. There weren't any prophets and messengers. So how can they have denied it? Rather, this is an extension to another point that I wanted to highlight. Is that if you disbelieve, this was the point I wanted to highlight. If you, if you disbelieve, in Nuh alayhi salam, in Noah, you've disbelieved in everybody else of the prophets and messengers. If you disbelieve in Nuh alayhi salam, that means you're a disbeliever in Isa, Jesus. You're a disbeliever in Muhammad. You're a disbeliever in Musa. How? This ayah here. Because Nuh alayhi salam, he is the first prophet, he is the first messenger. Thousands of years later, a prophet came, for example, Musa alayhi salam. 
<coughs> and Musa alayhi salam is considered to have been disbelieved by the people of Noah. Okay? The people of Noah, as far as this ayah is concerned, the implied meaning of this ayah is that the people of Noah, the disbelievers in the time of Noah, disbelieved in Muhammad, disbelieved in Moses, disbelieved in Jesus, disbelieved in David, disbelieved in Solomon. How? That's, those other prophets came thousands and hundreds and thousands of years later. How? Because they all came with the same message. So if someone disbelieves in Musa, for example, in Moses, he's disbelieved in Muhammad, disbelieved in all the prophets and the messengers. If he disbelieves in Jesus as being a prophet of Allah, a messenger of Allah, then you've disbelieved in the rest of the prophets and the messengers. If you disbelieve in Muhammad, then in reality, in the objective sense of reality, you, you are a disbeliever in all of the prophets before Muhammad. <coughs> because we had to rush it, it wasn't... Uh, we weren't able to cover everything that we needed to cover. Bits and bobs were covered. Hopefully, inshallah ta'ala, we'll cover the rest next week. Next week, we'll probably have to begin a bit earlier, half past seven. Um, even though I've said I wanted to keep it at 45 minutes, but it doesn't really look like it's working. We can't cover a good amount of content that way. So next week, we'll have to begin 7.30 on the dot. Finish 8.30 on the dot. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.